Hello, thank you for joining me. I'm James Wrigley, Principal and Financial Advisor at Melbourne-based financial advice firm First Financial. Uh, today's episode of the podcast uh, is the audio taken from what was supposed to be a LinkedIn Live uh, video. I had some issues with the streaming service, but was fortunate enough to be able to record the video in the first place. Uh, I'm joined by Joel Ronchi. Uh, he has recently sold a financial planning uh, education business, financial advisor education business. He's recently started also another financial advisor education business, one centered more around the FASIA advisor exam that everyone's trying to sit at the moment. Uh, throughout the, uh, the chat that we have, Joel shares a number of things he's learned along the way in running and selling his own businesses. I do hope you enjoy. Thanks. Thanks, Joel. Thanks for, thanks for coming along and I guess agreeing to have a chat with me. As I said before, I tried to do one of these a couple of weeks ago and it didn't want to work for me and it doesn't look like it's working too well now either. So uh, not the, uh, whilst I've got this, I seem to do a fair, fair bit of videos and stuff, the technology doesn't seem to work for me. For yeah, yeah, no, I, I have the same problems. I've run lots of webinars and yeah. 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 Uh, anyway. So, so Joel, I guess I, I put up a post on LinkedIn a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago asking for people that might be interested in just having a chat, uh, yeah, particularly yeah. business owners, which obviously you are. Um, yep. Yes. What? Who's Joel? Where are you at? Well, you know what, what's going on. Yeah, what yeah. Working on. No dramas. Yeah. Look, I suppose where I'm at at the moment is um, I've just recently sold a training business I had for nine years. Mm. Um, I sold it uh, about six or eight weeks ago, um, and um, so at the moment I'm kind of just trying to explore different options. Uh, kind of taking the time actually to really kind of think about what I want to do next. Yeah. Uh, you know. I'm only in my early 40s, so I've still got a lot of working life ahead of me. Yeah. Um, and really, it's just kind of um, I'm using, using the time to talk to different people that I haven't had a chance to catch up with for a while, uh, yeah. just get a feel for what's going on in the financial services industry as a whole. Yeah. Um, and just kind of looking at where my interests lie mm-hmm. and what I want to do kind of going forward. Yeah. Um, you know, the beauty of selling the business is it buys me a little bit of time, not a lot of time, but a little <laughs> bit of time. Yeah. Um, and I'm contracting back to the new owners, so that also gives me um, some some things to do as well. Yeah. Um, so you know, I've probably got between now and I'd say February, March next year, just yeah. to kind of you know take my time, find my feet, see what's going on. Yeah. Um, and what I've been doing as soon as I kind of sold the old business, I decided to set up a FASIA exam preparation course. Right. Because yep. in my previous business. For the last probably 12 or 18 months because uh, we were training people to either become financial planners or financial planners to upskill that was basically our core business yeah and yeah. um so a lot of those people were saying to me how do i become fascia compliant you know what's what's the higher education pathway look like how do i prepare for the exam um all these things that just you know you know what it's like there's this massive sense of confusion out there around um what the best way to go forward is so I thought, well, if I can start with a an exam preparation course to kind of keep my brain ticking over and just yeah. kind of keep me in the game, that'll yeah. also allow me to kind of buy that time to find out where I end up. Yeah, and so that I guess the exam preparation course that you're doing at the moment is that yeah. part of is that part of the old business that you're running with them, or is it something you're doing on your yeah, own? Yeah, good, question. Good, that good, good question. Yeah, no, it's actually a new separate venture. Yeah. Um, so the the new the new owners of the business want to take. Uh, integrity education as, as it as it is um, yeah. they want to kind of take it in a new direction 
Um, yeah. So they've agreed to kind of let me focus on the fascia education standards and the fascia side of things. So it's worked out really well. It's been very amicable. And um, so it allows me to kind of pursue that fascia fascination that I have. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and so the best place to start and the, 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 um, the quickest place to start was the, uh, was the online and workshop fascia yeah. exam prep courses. Okay. So what, I guess, what got you into business for yourself in the first place? So I guess, how long did you, how long did you have the old business for and what yeah. made you do that? Yeah, um, I suppose if we go way back when, um, you know, I came out of uni in the mid nineties uh, and then I started working straight away for Westpac in the financial planning area. Oh, actually I did two years in a small boutique uh, financial planning business and mm. then um, moved into Westpac. So, uh, and I kind of knew from day one that the corporate lifestyle wasn't, um, wasn't, uh, wasn't the right way for me. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, the, the internet had just kind of started and, you know, it was all pretty new. So um, kind of, you know, the, the, high, the whole thing about high school, uni, corporate career, that's what you did. So mm. I kind of stuck around and did it for a couple of years and I was, I was heading into my early 20s and I just thought, look, this isn't me. This isn't like, this isn't me. So I decided I'd go overseas for, uh, you know, do a 12 month backpacking uh, thing. Uh, that ended up uh, turning into about two and a half years. So I was overseas oh, yeah. for about two and a half years. And that was that was great. Like that really opened my eyes to just the whole world. Um, mm. So, you know, I traveled a lot. I worked in London um, and it really kind of gave me some insight into what life can be. Mm. So when I came back, I, I, I had to come back because I um, didn't have an EU visa or anything like that. Yeah. So I had to come back in the end. Um, yeah. And when I came back, I just thought to myself, um, I tried to slot back into corporate life again. I actually ended up going back to Westpac and um, I did I did about a year or so there and I just knew that it, it just wasn't for me. So um, what I did is I thought, well, the only way I'm going to change my life is by changing my life. So I quit. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't have a job to go to and um, I just started doing temp work. So I just registered with different temp agencies and just started doing you know, literally temp work. So like, I think at like one office stage, based temp work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. one stage, I was doing um, redemptions for the back office redemptions for IOOF, like, you know, like processing paper based forms that came in. I had to yeah. process them through the system and then, you know, off they went. So That's I did that. That was my first job. I was doing that kind of, <laughs> kind of thing. Years there back. you yeah. go. Yeah. So, so I, and, you know, so that forced me to actually, um, create my, my pathway so while i was doing that i just started talking to different friends and different people and just saying hey i've i've left westpac i'm exploring different uh, opportunities i didn't want to go back into financial planning i wanted to do something different i wanted to build my skill set and um it just so happened at that point in time a friend of mine had started a training company um and they needed someone to write the materials and um present and my kind, of, my kind of specialty in financial planning is my technical knowledge. So I decided to write the course for them. Um, so it was the first deployment of financial planning that they had. And um, then I delivered it as well. And I'll tell you what, the first five or six goes of my delivery was shocking. Absolutely shocking. Like, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it was only you that thought it was shocking. I'm sure. Oh, no, no, it's, it's reprehensible. Right. But anyway, but I, I got over it and you kind of just get better. It's like it's like a floor show. You just get better the more you perform. Yeah. Um, and so I really enjoyed it. I loved it. So um, so I just found this new, whole new niche that 
I could use my um, my skill set as a financial advisor, my technical knowledge, and then and share it with the world. So I love that aspect to it. And um, you know, coming back to your question, that's kind of when I first became self-employed because I was a contractor. Um, okay. You know, I wasn't an employee, so I didn't have the support of all that kind of structure. Um, and to be honest, in the end, it didn't work out, and it didn't work out uh, because the company wasn't financially sound in the end. And I learned a lot of lessons from that. So um, I got uh, hurt financially. Mm. Um, but having said that, I, I, I learned a lot and was able to then carry that forward. So from there, I, um, I'd met people through that particular business. And then that gave me other opportunities to help other people set up trading companies or help deliver existing training that they had and, and so forth. So from there, I went to um, another training company who was setting up, I helped them set up. It's a six month contract, so that was fine. Uh, and then after that, I kind of, again, I was, I was at a loss. I was in my late twenties by this stage. Mm. And um, I didn't, I knew I didn't want to work anywhere. So, or be an employee somewhere. Um, so I thought, well, um, what I'll do is I'll jump online. I'll look at all the RTOs, all the training companies in the financial planning space. Um, so who have, who have the diploma registered um, have a look at if Victorian based because obviously I'm in Victoria. Um, have a look at who they are. Have a look at look at their websites and have a look at whether I can add value. So what I did is I kind of narrowed the list down and I, I it wasn't very big. It was, might have been ten or twelve RCOs. I had a look through them, and then I just basically marketed myself to them and said, Hey, do you need help rewriting your materials? Do you need help teaching? Do you need help assessing? Basically. Um, and I, I got one response. So one response, actually, no, I got two responses, but the, the, the first response, it wasn't a viable option. So I got one response, uh, uh, an additional response, and he goes, yeah, I've got an RTO, um, but I'm not doing anything with it. It's just dormant. Can you come and help me? So I thought, fantastic, because I didn't have the, I didn't have the capital to start my own RTO, but I had the time and I had the knowledge. So, yeah. you know, two out of the three. So, and this guy, it was a university lecturer. So he didn't have the time and he didn't have the flexibility to be able to get it off the ground. That's why it was sitting, sitting there dormant. Mm. So uh, it was a perfect match. So again, I jumped in boots and all, um, and I took it from uh, a business that was turning over zero, literally, yeah. to turning over about 500 grand in the first year. So it was a really, wow. really good, um, really good story. And, we're, and we're, we're on track to do really good things, but, uh, once again, um, and I've, I've, I've learned things the hard way. Once again, um, you know, it was kind of one of those stories where you, you sit down, you shake hands, you kind of go, yeah, let's do this, let's do that, let's start, let's just kind of, you know, start writing material, start structuring it, start getting things happening. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to the contracts and we'll get to the shareholder agreements later. Don't worry about it. Let's get it all happening. And then one thing leads to another and you start to get momentum and things start to get busy and you've got to mm. trust each other and, you know, um, it just it just built its own momentum. And we got to that 12 month mark and there was a disagreement around what the original um, agreement was. And so uh, my view or what I understood it to be was if I hit 500,000 or more, I'd get 50% of the business. His understanding was slightly different and therefore the numbers didn't match. Um, yeah. So we got to an impasse. So again, um, I kind of, uh, we we went our separate ways. Uh, yeah. What's that? You, so you left there. 
yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I left there. So again, I was contracting that whole time. I was a, yeah. as a contractor to the business. Um, you know, the idea was that I would become a shareholder and then director, and then um, um, kind of take it from there. So um, that's when I kind of met my wife now around that time, and and we just kind of sat down and we just thought, well, you know, you've taken this business from X to Y, and for whatever reasons it didn't work. Then you've taken a second business from you know A to B, and for whatever reasons it didn't work. Um, why don't we do it ourselves? Yeah, you've so, clearly done it twice before. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought, well, yeah, you're right. And probably the last two times I didn't have the belief in myself to actually do it. Whereas now I was a little bit wiser, I was a little bit more mature, I had the support of my wife. uh, And we thought, well, you know what, if I'm ever going to do it, we've got to do it now. So we just started it from our dining room table at uh, at home. And we just, you know, launched it. We just started it. And we just, you know, literally rolled it out the door, got a website built. The website was atrocious. When I look back now, absolutely atrocious. Hmm. Uh, But it was a gateway to interact with the market and to get stuff happening yep. and that's what happened and then slowly by you know surely you know we started getting phone calls and we started getting uh, students enrolling and and one thing led to another and it just kind of grew so that was in 2010 and then over the over the nine years t- since through 2010 it just it just steadily grew and grew and grew mm. and we had so much fun along the way um and I really loved it. It was it was great. And so that's 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 how I kind of uh, got into business, and that's how I built the the business that I just recently sold. Yeah. And it's um it's never like I I speak to a lot of people who uh, have businesses or are in business or whatever. You know, it's it's never a, a clean linear pathway. There's always back and forth, roundabout. You learn this, you learn that, and then off you go. Um. So yeah. So that was uh, that was the lessons all learned through there, and then. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of um, exiting the business. Yeah, I was just going to ask, how did, how did that come about? So Yeah, that's, that, a, that's a good question. It's quite interesting how that happens. Yeah, it's, good. It's, um, it's one of those things as well where, um, you know, looking back, hindsight's a wonderful thing, as everyone says. Mm. And, um, you know, I probably should have exited the business in 2015, 2016. Looking back, that's when I should have exited because that was when – the capital value of the business was probably at its at its peak. Or, so you would like the, the business was performing at the best then or, or it was most valuable then just because of what what they were trading? It was it was, um, it was the most valuable then because of yeah. the future potential in the market. Yeah. And it was heading towards its uh, best performance. Yeah. Okay. So it, was, it was about the right time to jump. Um, yeah. And we seriously considered it. We, you know, we spoke to business brokers. We, we got um, valuations, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, we did, well, we obviously didn't do it. It sold in two thousand and nineteen. But yeah. um, looking back on it, the reason that we that I didn't do it was I think I was a bit scared because I, I tied so much emotional capital into getting the business off the ground and getting it to the successful part that it was in. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure what I'd do afterwards, because in 2015-16, there wasn't any fascia, there wasn't any, um, you know, it was it was FOFA and FOFA was coming in and all that kind of stuff. So there wasn't, a, I didn't feel there was a lot of opportunity for me in the market outside of the of the, of the the training business. 
And also, I think there was probably a little bit of greed, a little bit of greed of, oh, maybe I can squeeze just a little, <laughs> bit, a little more, bit more in it for me. <laughs> a bit more out of the business. Maybe I can just kind of take it to that that little next level, and then and then we'll sell, and then we'll sell. Mm. Um, and, the, and, the, and the last kind of component to it all, if you like, was in the training space, 2015-16 um, was the time when um, the uh, training industry, there was a lot of RTOs milking the federal government in the um, vet fee help space. So okay. they were basically rorting the system massively, like hundreds of millions of dollars walked out the door. Uh, and so the valuation of our business suffered because we didn't have that component to our right. business. Okay. So everyone wanted to buy a training business with a vet fee help contract. We had a Victorian funding contract, so not as valuable. So it was kind of one of those things where, you know, looking back, we should have, but we didn't. So then that's just the way it is. And then we kind of um, kept going through. And look, I suppose the reason that we ultimately decided to sell this year is a combination of a few things. One. It was, it's been getting harder and harder in the training space over the last few years, ever since that uh, vet fee help uh, debacle went on and the industry has been cleaned up, which, which it should as well. Mm. Um, so compliance has kind of doubled in that area. Um, two is the financial planning space in terms of education has been hit really hard and especially in the uh, vocational training sector. So um, we saw that the financial planning division of our business was was really starting to suffer off the back of that. Okay. The mortgage broking section was fine and, and it was continuing to go really, really well. Yeah. But the financial planning space was starting to suffer. Um, and also FASIA, you know, in the last 12 to 18 months, I've really got into FASIA and I've really kind of just deep dived into it. And part of the last 12 months in the business was consulting to different AFSLs and individual advisors about FASIA. And I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So, yeah, okay. and I've got young kids as well. So I kind of just, we, I sat down with my wife and we just thought, look, you know, the kids are going to starting school. Um, we've still got value in the business. And that's the other thing. And I think this is a really important aspect for people who are tossing up whether to sell a business or not is, you know, we still had value. We still had value in the business. Um, however, in 12 to 18 to 24 months, that value may not be there or it may not be as high. Yeah, so okay. I kind of learned my lesson from 2015, 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just said, look, let's just do it. Let's just put it on the market. Let's see what happens um, because, you know, I'm, I'm really into this fascia kind of space. We've now got really good experience across the education space. Worst case scenario, my wife can go get a part-time job uh, in the education space. I can go back into um, the corporate sector in some way, shape, or form. And um, and also, I had this fascia exam prep thing in the back of my mind. So we just thought, you know, <coughs> sorry, the sale was that was that through a broker? You, you mentioned yeah, broker. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really it's really interesting, and that that's another kind of aspect to selling a business that I've from from my experience that I've kind of um thought about and that is if you've got a ready-made secondary market which for example rtos do so training organizations do um financial planning practices do mortgage broking practices do if you've got a ready-made secondary market it's worthwhile and wise to explore the opportunities and there's usually brokers who specialize in those yeah. areas so i used so it was actually funny because we went to three brokers and only one of them specialized in in training organizations yep. so two of the two of the brokers said no nah, can't help you um you're in a declining market um we don't see any value sorry the other guy said 
you're great. You're in a great position. You've got a funding contract. You've got 18 months left on your contract. You've got a really solid business. No, I can sell this. And he did. Yeah. Like, and, and that's that. That was the difference. So, yeah. um, and it's really, it was a really um, interesting lesson about just kind of exploring opportunities and not necessarily listening to uh, everyone and, and having a look at someone who's a little bit more specialised. I suppose it's another just another learning. You can't, this yeah, yeah. constant evolution of a learning over the last 50 years. Been doing yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And then I suppose look, looking forward, if, if we're chatting like this in two, three years' time, yeah. what do you want to have happened personally, professionally, for that to have been a for that to have been a good good period of time? Yeah, that's a that's a really good um, it's a really good question, and that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Um, yeah, and I'm six six weeks out from the sale, but really only two weeks out from um, the transition. You know, getting the new owners into the business and you yeah. know helping them down and you know things like just simple things like um transferring bank accounts and transferring websites and you know all the all the things that you don't think of as mm. a business owner that exit yeah. all, all the passwords all the passwords to all the different sites <laughs> and things it's that true. you use like you know half the time it's just saved in in uh in chrome or whatever so you you know so so that's all the while to get all the passwords together and everything so so really the only last two weeks have I been able to kind of step back and think, well, what am I going to do? And and part of that journey is the the FASIA exam prep course in terms of not only the product itself, but the experience that I've had to go through to build that. So and what I mean by that is, you know, I've picked an idea, I've done my research, I've picked a, a um, platform to build the website off WordPress, um, I've the hosting uh, um, kind of um, provider you know after doing a bit of research which is SiteGround um, and then I've done my research around well how am I going to actually deliver this product to market um, mm. because it's an online education product effectively I had to look at I came from a traditional training um, kind of background so you're, you're standing up in front of a room full of people in the past yeah exactly, yeah. exactly right and also using um, platforms that are a lot more robust and designed for accredited training Whereas um, the online FASIA course is technically non-accredited training, yeah, um, okay. so, so it doesn't need all the compliance aspects to the back end. Yeah. Um, but naturally, I just went to the providers that I knew, and they were giving me quotes of like nine thousand, twelve thousand, fifteen thousand dollars just to get this platform off the off the ground. And I'm thinking, yeah. well, no, no, it's not. It's it's not that kind of business. So, so anyway, I ended up doing a bit of research, and I found a. Um, a online learning management system effectively that plugs into the back end of of um, WordPress, oh, okay. and the, the whole thing cost me like five hundred bucks. Yeah. And it's like, like, and and again, it's it's like you said before. It's those little learnings, you know. Yeah. It's those little learnings that you can't learn until you do. So part of me setting up the FASI exam prep course was I wanted to be able to um, not only write the course, structure the course, and provide quality um, kind of guidance for for the students. But I also wanted to be able to get it out the door and prove that to myself that I could get it out the door. So it was about building the website from scratch. It was about um, building the learning management system um, from scratch effectively in terms of the content and everything, and then marketing it and getting it out the door and delivering it and continue to deliver it. Um, so, so that's kind of coming back to your question. That's kind of where my focus and attention has been at the moment. So where, where do I see myself in three years? I, I actually don't know. Um, and part of what I'm doing at the moment, coming back to the start of the conversation, is you know meeting with people for coffee, um, you know having chats with yourself, people like yourself, um, yeah. just connecting with people on LinkedIn, 
um, and just uh, reading articles, reading a lot of different articles from different writers, just trying to get a feel for not financial services related articles, but articles just about um, exploring opportunities, about um, habits that you might want to get into. You know, for example, at the moment, I'm, I'm exploring that that uh, kind of, you know, that habit of getting up at five in the morning and, you know, trying to do this and trying to do that and focusing. And, and I'm just trying to tweak and try and find my own groove. In, yeah, in that so you've, got, you've got a bit of flexibility now that, as you said right at the start, you've got you've got a bit of time up your sleeve. You can you can Correct. work things and find a find a new group. Correct, and you know, um, I remember there's a guy called Jason Back who works in the mortgage broking industry, and one of his kind of things is, you know, one of the one of the scarcest resources um, that um, that's uh, for all of us is time. Mm. And I'm actually now in a situation where you know I I have the luxury of a little bit of time. So what that means is that I can spend an hour or two on, you know, on the web, reading different articles, thinking about this, thinking about that. And it's not a waste of time. It's an investment in where I'm going in the future. Yeah. And kind of that's, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. You know, I think um, coming back to your question about three years, uh, I'm not sure. I, mm. I'd like to be in the financial services industry. I'd like to be around the financial planning industry. I still yep. believe it's a, it's a fantastic industry. I think it's it's primed for the change that it has been required for so many years. And I think over the next, you know, well, this isn't. I'm not telling. I'm not seeing the future like no one else can. But the the, the next three to five years is going to be massive change, and it's going to be changed for the good. Um, but there's going to be a lot of hurt along along the way. And um, you know, I ran a workshop yesterday for the for the FASIA course, and just a whole diverse range of people in the room and just hearing their stories and what their challenges are and how they're repositioning their business you know there's a lot of um there's a lot of challenges out there in the marketplace at the individual level and i just want to be able to help in yeah. um in that capacity yeah and it's amazing you'd be positioned i guess doing this course meeting you know in, in front of groups of people on a regular basis you'd be um you're in the prime position to really understand the challenges that everyone's facing and how they're dealing with different bits and pieces in their business, um, which you know maybe yeah. even spark other ideas for you in in whatever you know the, the next business is that comes down. Comes down well, that's exactly right. That's, yeah, and you're spot on the money, James. Like you know, mm. I I kind of have that view of um, I'm not doing something just for that. I'm doing something for that plus what comes out of it. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what opportunities kind of come from it and that's what that's what i've learned from the training business and you know there's there were a couple of times in the nine years where you know we were we were kind of the business was heading into a, a certain way where I, I didn't know if we were going to survive or whether with what the way forward was and just by doing things and continuing to do things and just getting out there you know magically um, something would happen, like uh, you know, and be a large client would come on board, and that would give give us a new direction. Or we'd get, um, I'd meet someone at a, a conference, and they'd say, "Well, have you ever thought of this?" And it's, and that's the other thing that I've really learned, probably in the last ten years, is it's those one little nuggets. You know, I don't go yeah. into a seminar or a conference anymore thinking I want to be blown away the whole day; otherwise, it's a waste of my time. What I what I want at a minimum is to come away from the day and say, you know what? I got one point, one point out of that day, which I'm really going to run with, and I'm going to see where that takes me. And that's well, otherwise, um, you end up you end up with too many things, and then you get right. stuck in that. Say, well, do I do this one? Do I do this one? Do I do this one or this one? You right. end up doing nothing. So if you can come away with the the one or two, right. um, and and then go from there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good. All right, John. Yeah. Thanks for spending some time with me this morning. Um, That's right. I thank you for inviting me. It's it's great to I suppose you're sharing a bit on LinkedIn about what's going on and and the progress and stuff. It's good to see. I'll I'll follow along uh, with with keen interest. Um, thanks, James. Thanks for coming along for the chat. No, that's good. Thanks, John. Right, enjoy your day. Yeah, you too. See ya.